0: I mean, there's a lot of people that rich doesn't mean successful, right? I mean, if, if, if you're like me, you know, you just had Robin Williams commit suicide. What a tragedy, man, of somebody that I grew up really liking. My kids like Mrs. Doubtfire and Jamaji and, and the, the night of the museums, you know, and I liked Good Morning Vietnam and somebody that's incredibly successful, Academy Award winner, four-time nominee, loved in that industry and loved the world. World over And yet mentally, there was obviously something going on that would lead him to go into his room and kill himself and leave his wife and kids behind. So there had to be something there that was amiss. Right? So, so I don't, whenever I'm talking about success, I don't want you to just put a dollar sign on it. Because I know a lot of people that are really well off, but they're really miserable. And they'll try to fill that Jesus shape hole with a bunch of stuff. And you can spend a whole lot of money trying to fill that hole and you just left empty. Right? I mean, how many rich young rulers came to Jesus wanting him? And he says, man, I got a lot of stuff. I'm rich. I'm young. And I'm a ruler. That's pretty good company right there, right? Now, nobody want to be that. I'm not, I'm not old and rich. I'm young and rich. And I'm also a ruler. And yet he still was longing for Jesus. Nicodemus, very well-to-do man, coming to Jesus in the middle of the night saying, What must I do to be born again? Jesus, there must have been something about him that just made people gravitate to him. They said, You've got real success. Real success. So this whole series, I don't want you to be thinking about just moolah. Right? Making it rain. Y'all know what I'm saying, right? It's, so it's not just this, right? 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 We're not we're not just flossing, is that what they say? You know what I'm saying? Uh, we're, we're we're not that that do it wrong, Christian. The <laughs> Christian's like, don't go there, house. So don't go there. <laughs> You're too old. <laughs> As I me just say this. I, I don't want to tell you time. I was I was I was getting. Did I, did I tell you this last week that that girl told me she liked vintage movies? Oh, jeez. Yeah, there's, I saw some sunglasses. I was like, "Oh, they wore this in Ferris Bueller's." You probably don't know anything about Ferris Bueller. And she says, "Oh yeah, I love vintage movies. <laughs> vintage? Vin, 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 yeah, I won't be buying any glasses from you, ma'am. Your nineteen-year-old So vintage movie Ferris Bueller, vin, thats not vintage. Are you kidding? Man, made me feel horrible." So success, I don't want you to think that we're just talking about money. We're not. In the next few weeks, we're going to look at success through failure, overcoming obstacles, success uh, through serving, so success through service, different ways of getting in the service, uh, getting uh, success. This morning, I want to talk to you about success through prayer. Success through prayer. And then again, I don't want you to think because prayer is such a broad subject. There's one specific type of prayer that we're going to be looking at this morning. It's found in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, uh, verse 10. It says, if the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge, then he will use more strength. How many ever chopped wood? I chopped wood last year for the first time, probably five years. And uh, it, it, was, it was awesome. got my kids out there, and I was telling my daughter, I said, now listen, Ansley, there's going to come a day when you need a man. And if he can't chop wood like this, just keep walking, baby. Just keep on walking. Just keep picking them up and putting them down. Go the opposite direction. And boy, I was chopping that wood. But now he says here, he says, listen, so, so the ax here, it has to be, if you don't sharpen the ax, though, more strength than is necessary will be exerted if you don't sharpen that ax. Well, what sharpens the ax? He tells you the very next part of the verse. He says, wisdom brings success, not talent not good looks here. He says, what's going to sharpen the ax so that you aren't pulling through life and exerting more strength than is necessary. Come on. Just because you're a Christian don't mean that you're always having to be beaten and swinging and struggling. He says, no, if you'll, if you'll have this ingredient in your life, if you'll, if you'll sharpen the edge of your life with what he says here, he says, wisdom brings success. It would, be, uh, it would be bad of me to teach a series on success and not have this ingredient in it, because according to the, the Bible let me I mean, believe the Bible According to the Bible, the Bible here says that if you want success, it'll come by way of wisdom. So we have to figure out, well, what in the world is wisdom if, that, if we're talking about success? How am I gonna even if it's squiggly or if it's straight up, if that's the way to success according to the Bible, what in the world is wisdom? How many ever eat hot dogs? How many all grow up all the time? <laughs> that's awesome, Keith. All the time. Every day. Every day I'm eating the hot dogs. <laughs> I grew up uh eating eating hot dogs, but I we didn't get the, the good hot dogs. Uh, I didn't know that there was a such a thing as a good hot dog. Uh, we ate the, you know, the, the red weenies. How many of y'all know the ones I'm talking about? Cut the top off. Get you a pot of water boiling. Dump the whole pack of red weenies. They're just floating around in there. Or if you didn't want to wait, what do you do? You put them in the microwave. Blister them. They split open. Microwave smells like weenies for the next four days. Every time you open up the microwave, it's just like, weenies. <laughs> it's like, it smells like weenies. They're sizzling, popping in there. Man, you gotta love that. So uh, so I I grew up eating these, eating these hot dogs, eating these, eating these weenies, and I ate mine different. I told my wife, kids, this. They thought this was gross, but I always sat down uh, with. I I like raw weenies, or I would cook them. but, But I'd like to take a bite of an apple, and then the bite of a weenie. Is that strange? I love that. I don't know how, I guess one day, like my mom had cut up some apple and I was eating hot dog and and they got mixed in my mouth on accident. And then it just like a light bulb went off like, oh my (laughs) gosh, apples and weenies, that's the way to go. I mean, this is is where it's at the rest of my life. So you take a bite of apple and you take a bite of the weenie and you sit there and you watch Doogie Howser MD and uh, you eat your apples and weenies. That's what you do. So but I didn't understand, uh, you know, it wasn't till later in life that you realize what's in the weenie. How many y'all know I'm saying how many y'all seen the program? How many y'all seen the how many y'all seen the show? And then you don't want the weenies anymore. Why? Because you found out that these particular weenies were prepared in such a way that there's liver and there's spleen and there's entrails. That's what it tells you on the back of them entrails. Well, that's just, that's, that's a whole number of things there. I mean, we, who knows what all's in the entrails? But who, man, so, so you got some lips in there, some ears, some hooves. Just any number, anything, everything that, that, that was rejected. They said, we don't, that, this is good for nothing, but we can make some weenies with it. We can. <laughs> if there's nothing else we can do, we can make these weenies, right? So they grind all of that stuff up and then they make these bar S weenies. What's that have to do with today? Well, our scripture there says wisdom brings success but actually, that word success there is the word kosher. Have you ever heard of food that's kosher? Kosher just means it's made by Jews. It's prepared by Israelites, right? It's made by Hebrews. And what makes kosher different than regular? How many of ever go to Sam's and get their hot dogs? Best deal in town, isn't it? Isn't it a good deal? A dollar fifty, you get like a seventy-two ounce and a foot-long kosher hot dog. And what makes a kosher dog regular than a than a regular dog is if you've seen the commercial, you have Hebrew Nationals. I bought some Hebrew Nationals, and I will be eating these all week long. These are kosher hot dogs. Look, Hebrews made by Israelites. And what makes these different is the preparation. In other words, they'll tell you on the commercial, they say, we don't put any pig lips, there's no spleen, there's no gizzards. That we only take the best part of the cow. And with the best part of the cow, we make our hot dogs. Or in other words, the word kosher just means properly Prepared. That's all the word kosher means. So anytime you see kosher chips or kosher bread or kosher hot dogs, that word there just means properly prepared. Because if you properly prepare it, then the product will be right. Now, they're both hot dogs. Give me my bar-ass weenies. Why don't y'all be ragging on my bar-ass here? They're both hot dogs, right? They're both weenies one of them is just properly prepared and here according to this verse it says wisdom brings kosher or wisdom will properly prepare you why so that the end of your life you aren't just full of fillers but you've actually been prepared in such a way that it is acceptable to God. Kosher is acceptable to God. Unkosher is not. They weren't allowed to eat all the junk that you and I are allowed to. So he says here, listen, if you want to be properly prepared, there is a substance that you're going to have to have. If you want to be successful, there is a substance you're going to have to have. And he calls it wisdom. And it's a wisdom. It's actually the wisdom of God. Or in other words, how many of y'all think he's, he's intelligent? Don't you just think God is incredibly, and think about it, the little fibers, those those little smelly seats that you're sitting on. He knows how many stitches are in every one of them. He knows everything about everything. He's omnipotent. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's all-present. He's all-powerful, and He's all-knowing. He knows it all. And there is a wisdom from Him, an intelligence that comes from Him. And according to this verse, if you can tap into that wisdom, into that, intelligent then you'll be successful you'll be properly prepared so i want to talk to you this morning about prayer but not just prayer praying specifically for this wisdom how many of y'all, how many of y'all ever think about adam you know there's a movie that's out right now called lucy you might see it i haven't seen it because i heard it wasn't very good but the whole premise of lucy the movie is uh, you and i the average person uses less than 10 percent of their brain what a shame The average person. So the whole premise of this movie is this girl, she goes from using 10% to 20% to 30%, 40, 50, 60, 70. And she actually gets to a place where she can use 100% of her brain. Well, I'm here to tell you that Adam was that way. Adam didn't function on 8% of his brain, 9%, 10%, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, or 90. Adam used 100% of his brain power to the point that God said, I need you to name all the creatures, all the bugs and the lizards and the fish and the birds and the mammals. I need you to name all of them, categorize them, and, and I need you to recall them. If I ask you what that one's called, you just go ahead and tell me what his name, and and their name actually has a definition. This is his job. This is his assignment, and he's able to do this with his brain. Now, obviously, whenever he fell, whenever he sinned, everything started going down. His lifespan decreased. His mental capacity decreased. Everything decreased, but the Bible says through Jesus, we can have the mind of Christ. In other words, we take off what Adam did, we put on what Christ did, and now we have available to us the wisdom of god and it will properly prepare you for success so we know what it is now so now we got to figure out well where do we get it if this is what it's going to take for me to be successful where in the world am i going to get this substance james chapter one verse number five it says if any of you lacks wisdom everybody say that's me lord He says, if any of you, no matter what color you are, no matter how old you are, no matter your age, no matter your talent. He says, if there's anybody that lacks wisdom, he says, let him ask of God. Prayer, success through prayer, but not just any kind of prayer. If wisdom brings success, he says here, that if you'll ask for this type of wisdom, he says, if, if you lack wisdom... I don't know how to be a good husband. I don't know how to be a good dad. I don't know how to be, uh, run a good business. don't know how to be a good student. I'm pretty ignorant. Well, good news is you don't have to stay that way. And you don't have to get it from university. Here, he says, if you lack this wisdom that God is offering, he says, if you'll ask him for it. If you'll just come to him and say, God, I'm asking you for wisdom. The Bible says that he'll give it to you liberally. Everybody say liberally. What's that mean? A whole bunch. He just says, if you, if you lack wisdom, he says, if you'll come to me, I'll give you as much as you want. As much as you need for any area of your life. We do lots of counseling. People say, man, I don't know what to do. 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 I say, well, I could kind of tell you what to do. But if you will ask God, he'll absolutely tell you what to do. And it may not happen today. It may not happen tomorrow. But if you'll continually put yourself before the wisdom of God, it's coming. It's coming. It's on the way. How do I know that? Because he says right here, he says he'll give it to you liberally. And then the next part is, which is so beautiful, he says, I'll do it without reproach. Or in other words, I'm not going to browbeat you and say, you, yeah, yeah, you need my wisdom, you uh, ignorant fool. No, he, said, he says, I'm not going to beat you up over the fact that you need wisdom. He says, I'm going to give it to you without reproach. Have you ever sat down with like an old sage or an old grandma? Don't you love the old grandma? Always got some tea cakes or something. Yeah, bring it now, grandma. But you sit down with an old grandma and she'll just give you so much wisdom. She'll give you as much as you want. And she's not going to look down her nose at you and be like, you idiot. No, she's not going to do that. That lady, she's going to sit there. And as long as you want to sit there, whatever subject you want, she'll feed you that wisdom as you sit there. And she'll do it without reproach. God says, I'm just like, a am just like old grandma. Right? Just like an old sage. Have you ever sat down with uh, old black people? Don't you? I just love black people. Oh, man, I just do. Hey, you're welcome. It's a shout out to the sound man. Oh, yeah, Miss Margie. Oh, you got to love your grandma, Miss Margie. Just hang out with Miss Margie. Miss Margie, she'll just give you that, that wisdom liberally without reproach. How do you get it? You have to go to him to get it. As good as Miss Margie is, and she'll give what she gives you if it's worth any salt. It'll come right out of the Word of God. Why? Because she walks with the Lord. She's been down that road a few times. Don't you know she has? She's been down that road. She knows what's up. She'll give it to you without reproach. Here's the key, though He says, it will be given. Not maybe, not could, not, not. And he says, if you ask for it, he says, I'll give it to you liberally. I'll give it to you without reproach. It will be given to him. But this is verse six This is where most people miss it. He says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. In other words, once you ask God for this wisdom on Sunday, you can't wake up Monday and walk around talking about how ignorant you are. I'm so confused, I don't know what to do, my world's falling apart, I just seem to keep making wrong decisions, wrong choices, I just don't know what to do. No, he says it won't work. He says the only way this wisdom of God works is once you ask for, you have to believe by faith that you're actually receiving it. Because if you don't, he goes on, very next part, he says you become like a sea, like like the wind of the sea and you'll be tossed back and forth. He says, you can't be tossed back and forth. You can't go from, God, I need your wisdom to I'm an idiot. God, I need your wisdom. I don't know what to do. He says, no, you can't do that. Once you ask for wisdom, then you have to line up your life, your actions, and your words with that. So you have to walk around and say, I believe I'm divinely guided. I love Norman Vincent Peale. He would get up every day. He'd say, I believe I always take the right turn in the road. I always believe I'm divinely guided. I believe God supplies all of my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So you have to align You just have to say, God, I'm believing you for wisdom. Whenever I'm sitting down at a business transaction or I'm sitting down with that boy that wants to marry me or I'm sitting down trying to take care of my teenagers and tell them what to do and how to make right choices, I'm believing that the wisdom of God is going to kick in And help. Because if you don't do that, then you say, God, I need wisdom on Sunday. But by Monday, you just undo the fabric that you sewed on Sunday. You just unravel it with your own actions, with your own words. He says, it'll never work like that. Once you ask for it, you say, God, I believe that you're helping me. I believe that you're helping me. I believe you're teaching me how to manage my finances so I don't have to be broke forever. I believe that I'm divinely guided, that I take the right turn in the road. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ. So you need to walk around saying, I have God's, I have the mind of Christ. And I'm going to know what to do, when I know to do it, how I need to, know, uh, need to do it. I'm going to know because he's going to show me. Second Chronicles chapter 1, verse 6. Y'all know Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes. The person that said wisdom brings success was written by Solomon. Let's find out where Solomon got his wisdom from. I bet he went to the supermarket. I bet there's a fountain of wisdom. He just jumped in and swam in it. Wouldn't that be nice? Solomon went up to the bronze altar before the Lord. I want you to use your imagination here. There's a giant metal barbecue pit on the side of a mountain. The only reason that barbecue pit is on the side of that mountain is because it's game day. Just kidding. It is not game day. The only reason that barbecue pit's on the side of the mountain is that's where they would go and they would take their livestock, they would kill that livestock, and they would burn it on this barbecue pit. The reason they would do that is they would do that as an offering to the Lord. We bring money, right? Because we deal in savings, checking, uh, bonds, stocks, bouillon. How many of y'all like that bouillon? Give me some of that. But they didn't deal, they dealt in livestock and they dealt in uh, wheat, corn, barley, things of that nature. So they would come and this was an altar and they would come and they would bring their offering to the Lord. And it says here, Solomon gets all of his leadership and he says, we're going up the mountain to the Lord. Come on, it's good to have some people that are willing to go up the mountain with you. He's got all these people. He says, we're going up the mountain. They get to the bronze altar. And he said, is that the tabernacle or at the church, at the meeting place where they meet God? And he says, and Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings. Can you imagine skinning? Is this bad? I, maybe I shouldn't go here. never skinned a deer before. You ever skinned a thousand of them? Close. Man, that's a good year right there, but we, we got to get together. A thousand of them a thousand goats and lambs a thousand of uh, bulls oxen he takes a thousand of his herd why that represents his livelihood that represents his future that's his money how long do you think it would take to do that they were up there several days we think that this all happened in one afternoon but if you're going to kill skin and burn a thousand animals it's going to take some time All of them get up there and one right after another, God, he's offering uh, and he's worshiping God and he's giving part of his livelihood. And after a thousand uh, sacrifices, verse 7, it says, on that night after 1000, God appeared to Solomon and he said to him, ask, what shall I give you? I love this answer. Solomon said to God, he says, you've shown great mercy to my dad, to, to David, my father. You've made, him, you've made me king in his place. But now, O oh Lord, uh, let the promise of David, my father, be established. For you've made me king over these people. And they're like the dust of the earth in multitude. He says, now give me what? Wisdom. Wisdom. He said, what's, what's what Solomon saying there? He says, you've made me king over people, a multitude of people. He says, I don't know how to be king. I don't know how to be king. I'm a teenager. I'm 19. I don't know how to, I can, I can barely lead myself. I've never been there before. And you want me to lead a multitude that's like the dust of the earth. I can't, I can't do it. I can't take care of all these people on, on my own. The assignment's too great. What you're wanting me to do is too big. I've never felt like that. What did he ask for? He said, wisdom. Sometimes I think maybe we're asking for the wrong thing. And and you just need to change what you're asking for. Right? You're kind of asking God. You're just like, help. Give me strength. Well, you got big muscles. You're just ignorant. We need to ask for wisdom. How do I do what you're calling me to do? Let's see what God tells him. He says, uh, he says, Oh, Lord, he says, I'm asking you to give me wisdom and knowledge so that I can go out and I can come in before this people for who can judge these great people of yours. And God told Solomon, he says, because this was in your heart and you did not ask me for riches or wealth or honor. You didn't ask me for the life of. Of your enemies. He says I'm going to give you the wisdom. That you're asking for. He says I'm going to give you wisdom. I'm going to give you knowledge. But he says I'm also going to give you success. Right. He says I'm also going to give you wealth. Honor, riches, the neck of all of your enemies. And he says, there'll be nobody as rich as you've been. And there'll be nobody as wise as you have ever been. Why? Because Solomon just knew. He says, I've got to make a place where I can get before the Lord and say, I need help. I need your wisdom, your insight. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. James said, ask for wisdom and it'll help you. Solomon, we saw that he asked for wisdom. He turned out all right. How many of y'all think he turned out all right? The Bible says Solomon became so blessed, so successful, so rich that silver became like gravel. They didn't even count silver anymore. It, wasn't, it, was, it didn't have any value to it. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 16. Now this is Paul. We've looked at James. We've looked at Solomon. Now let's see what Paul says. Paul says in verse 16 of the first chapter of Ephesians. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you. I make mention of you in my prayers. What's Paul praying for? Oh Lord, make them talented. No. He says, I'm asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give to you a spirit of what? There must be a subs, there must be something to this. The most successful people in scripture, outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, who I'll tell you this, the Bible says that he grew in wisdom and in stature. In other words, there was a time whenever Jesus was four years old, five years old, eight years old, 11 years old, 15 years old. But he didn't just grow in stature. The Bible says he grew in wisdom and stature. You would think Jesus just showed up with a bunch. Wouldn't when when you think that? when you think whenever he came out just like, why, 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 I am Jesus. Didn't do that. There was a growing. And the, the, the same thing's for him, it's for us. I mean, I know that's right. You can grow in wisdom. And lots of times we grow in stature. We may grow in our physique like myself. Just kidding. We may grow in our stature, but we never increase in our wisdom. We go our whole life without ever tapping into this resource. We settle for the 8% and we don't even use all of it most of the time. How many of y'all made some really ignoramus decisions? You think back like, what? No, my oh, God, what was I thinking? <sighs> Never mind. The Lord, just, he's, The Lord's good and he's just so nice. He likes to bring all these things back to me about how ignorant I was. <laughs> Thanks, Lord. Appreciate that. He says, if Jesus grew in wisdom, he grew in stature. You and I can grow in that way. If Jesus needed to grow in it. I mean, I'm mean, i glad he didn't just stop at 13. He says, he says, you know what? I got enough wisdom. I'm a teenager now. Hair under the arms. I'm ready. Ready for anything, right? I'm 13 now. I can do it. I can do it. No, he didn't stop at 13. He's constantly growing in wisdom. The most successful people in scripture had this ingredient in their life. Nobody's as wise as Solomon. And he said, this is the way to success. Nobody's like Jesus. Nobody. He's the king of success. The apostle Paul wrote two thirds of the New Testament. Two-thirds, nobody on this planet's ever been more successful than the Apostle Paul outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. And all of them are praying. They're asking God for the same thing. When's the last time you asked God for wisdom? Say, God, I need wisdom. I need to know how. I need to learn from you. I don't just need strength and mercy and hope and love and all that's good. My goodness, we know it's good. But how many of y'all just need to know how to do some things sometimes? God, I need to know how to be a good husband. I need to know how. All we got to do is ask for it, right? He already said, he says, I'll give it to you liberally without reproach. So now let's look at how, how do we get, how do we get it, once it once he answers the prayer. How does wisdom come? I want to give you three ways that wisdom will come. Because once you ask him for it, I guarantee you it's coming. Why? Because he guarantees it. He says, I guarantee if you ask for it, as long as you don't start doubting that it's there and talking about how you don't know how to do anything, he says, wisdom's on its way. Well, how does it come? Well, the number one way, or I shouldn't say number one, but a very important way is it comes through the word of God. I was told as a, you know, I'd probably only been back in church maybe a year or two or something like that. And... uh I was given these cards by my pastor and, they, and I, I love these little cards. I always keep these little cards. But one little card in particular has the Ephesians prayer, uh, Ephesians 1 on one side, Ephesians 3 on the other side. Ephesians 1 on one side, Ephesians 3 on the other side. And the one that I just read you, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, he says, The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who given to me a spirit of wisdom, revelation, knowledge of Him, the eyes of my understanding, being enlightened, flooded with light, that I can know the hope of His calling. I've probably prayed these two prayers right here uh, over uh, thousands of times, literally. Thousands of times. Memorize them. Sometimes I pray them so fast that it doesn't even register. I have to slow down do it all over. Sometimes I have to do it three times. Just so that I'm not just saying it off the top of my head because I know it. What is, what is the main what, What's he asking for in Ephesians chapter 3? He's saying, God, I need wisdom. And the reason I did that is my pastor told me. He says, he says, if you'll read these prayers every day for six months, the Bible will be a different book to you. It won't just be a bunch of words and a bunch of things that you don't understand and you can't keep up with it. He says, if you'll ask God for wisdom every day for six months, the Bible will turn into a totally different book. It'll be to the point that whenever you open up to the Bible, it actually comes alive. And it actually does what it's meant to do. The Bible says that it's sharp and powerful, that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to divide from your soul and your spirit, bones and marrow. The Word of God is able to cut some things out of your life that don't need to be there. He says, if you'll read that every day, the Bible will be different for you. So the Word of God gives you a whole bunch of wisdom. Have you ever read it and it's just like, man, that's exa- I, I needed that right there. It just flopped open almost to where it's like, I needed that. All the time, it's like, man, how, how is that possible? Wisdom of God comes through the Word of God. The second way that, that God gets wisdom to you is through the Holy Spirit. Just communicating with the Holy Spirit. First John chapter 2, verse 27. It says, The anointing, the Holy Spirit which you have received from Jesus. He abides in you. What's abide mean? He lives. Holy Spirit lives where? In you. How does He do that? Because of Jesus Christ. Jesus made, it, uh, made the Holy Spirit uh, available. He can have its home in you. How many of y'all know that you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you? But sometimes we don't acknowledge that He's there. Wouldn't that be weird if you had somebody in your house and you never acknowledged that they were there? You like walked into the kitchen and your mother's there. You probably acknowledge her because you want some biscuits, right? She's probably a bad analogy. Let's not use mama because we're going to acknowledge mama because she can cook. Let's let's put somebody else in the kitchen. But if your spouse was sitting there and you didn't acknowledge her one day, two days, three days, four days, five days, six days, seven days. How rude. And he says here, he says, the Holy Spirit, you've received from him. He lives in you. And look at this next verse. He says, and you don't even need anyone to teach you because the anointing, the Holy Spirit, he teaches you all things. Everything, the Holy Spirit down on the inside of you, he'll teach you. He is the truth and he won't lie to you. Just as he has taught you, he will abide in you. You want to know how to be a good husband? Listen to the Holy Spirit. Before you talk, the Bible says, be slow to speak, slow to anger, and slow to wrath. Before you fly off the handle, just check down here. And you'll have success. Why? Because you're tapping into wisdom. Where'd that wisdom come from? The Holy Spirit. How do you get it? You just have to acknowledge it. Right? that one of the teachings that we've been getting into, uh, you know, I've already read a bunch of that book that we're doing at Shindig. And he says, me and my wife were about to have a total breakdown, total divorce. It's totally over. We just had a big blowout. She went in one room. I went in the other. I'm crying. I don't know what to do. But he says, I got down on my knees and he said, God, I'm asking you to show me how to be a husband. And the Bible, and, and he said, he says, I got up from that. And he said, I felt different. But he said, before we would get into these fights and stuff, he said, I just started checking. Down here, what should I say? What should I do? Should I throw that at her? I really want to. I'm letting all the air out of her tires. (laughs) Right? So he says, I just started what? The wisdom of God comes by the Holy Spirit. The third way that the wisdom of God, and not the only way, but the third way I want to mention to you this morning, is by supernatural relationships. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. It says that Jesus Christ ascended upon high and he gave gifts unto men. Some apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors. uh, He he gave the fivefold ministry gift. For what? Very clear. He says for the equipping of the saints. Is it up there? Ephesians chapter 4. Yeah, we got to get them up there. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4. He says for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry that God sent me. God sent me and people like me. Why? For the wisdom of God. That's why it's very important for you to be here. You're not here for me. Uh, and you're not here to fill a seat or a position. You're here because you're saying this is one of the places that, that leads me to success. Because whenever I'm sitting under the word of God being taught. That, that Jesus said. He says uh, I've, I've given you a different people. God will put parents in your life. How many of y'all think your parents can be good avenues of wisdom? Maybe not all of them. Some are, are lousy avenues. They aren't they are around. But God put people in your life to bring wisdom. That there are supernatural relationships in your life. Colossians, Colossians chapter 1 verse 28. It says, we tell others about Christ. This is what he's talking about uh, for me. He says, he says, I need you to be telling others about Christ. Warning everyone. I mean, I believe there should be some warning going on in church. We've kind of gotten away from that a little bit the past 10 years. Now you want to make everybody comfortable. He says, no, there has to be some type of warning happening. He says, and teaching everyone. There's that teaching again. And teaching them with what? With all what? Wisdom. He says, God will put people in your life that will warn you and they will teach you in all wisdom. And they're there. Why? Because God wants you to be successful. He doesn't want you to be unsuccessful in life. He's gone to great measures for you to not be unsuccessful. He's given you Jesus. He's given you the Holy Spirit. He's given you other people in your life. He's given you the Word of God as what? As a wealth of wisdom. But you and I, we have to what? We have to ask for it. And I'm going to close with this in, in Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, and then, and then we'll pray together. What are we going to pray for? Thank you. Peace. That's next Sunday. Today we're asking God, say, God, we want to be successful. There's a reservoir of your expertise that's available. It was available to Paul, it's available to James, it was available to Solomon. We just have to get before the altar like Solomon did. Why? Because at the end of your life, you don't want to just be full of fillers, you'll look like everybody else. But because you weren't properly prepared, there's really nothing there that's worth enjoying. There's really not anything there that has any value to it. No nutritional value in the bar Sweenie. weenie. It's actually quite disgusting. But if you'll be properly prepared at the end of your life, you're not just a bunch of fillers. I got a boat. Good job. But there's more to life than a boat. That's just a filler. That's just a byproduct. You can have the boat and be properly prepared and do the will of God. You can have both. You can be kosher. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4. I'll read this and then then we'll go. Verse number 5. He says, get wisdom. Remember who's writing this again? Solomon. Where did he get his wisdom from? He got it from God. must be working out pretty good for him. Why? Because he says, y'all going to want to get some of this. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget, don't turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake wisdom, she will preserve you. Really good, my God, it's good. Love wisdom, she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt wisdom, she will what? Promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace. How many I y'all want the grace of God? It comes through wisdom, not just by singing about it. Excuse me. A crown of glory she will deliver to you. Hear my sayings, my son. Receive my sayings. The years of your life will be many. Actually extend your life. I've taught you the way of wisdom. I've led you in right right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. Take a firm hold on instruction. That word there just actually means instruction, correction, discipline. Do not let her go. Keep wisdom for she is is your life let's pray together this morning thank you father god that we uh with humble hearts we come before you that this morning uh we climb your mountain just as solomon did we climb up to your altar and we're willing to sacrifice on that altar whatever it takes for you To give us this wisdom. If we need to sacrifice some relationships. Cut some people off. Or some time. Or some television. or, Or whatever we need. If we're struggling in an area. We tell you we're willing to sacrifice that. So that you'll give us this wisdom. Because she'll promote us. She'll honor us. She'll be a grace To us, that we ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of our understanding would be flooded with light, so that we can know what you've called us to. Come on, right where you at? Just say, God, give me wisdom. God, I need wisdom. Give me, give me this substance—the wisdom of God. How to be an effective parent, spouse business owner, employee, how to be an effective Christian, a witness, how to be an effective role model, teacher, mentor. God, give me this wisdom. Come on, I got good news for you. He'll give it to you liberally this morning. Thank God for your wisdom.